long time in the future in the Milky Way galaxy, it's the Vercozicast. Each month, join Nancy and Robin as they read through the Vercozican saga by Lois McMaster Bujold. From Borear to Jackson's Hole, from Cordelia to Miles, it's time to jump through a wormhole and explore the galactic nexus. everyone, welcome to episode 11 of the Vorkosacast. I'm your host, Nancy. And I'm your host, Robin. Um, today we're going to be discussing the second half of the Sybil campaign because we couldn't fit it all into one. Nope. Um, but first, we have some really good news for Vorkosig and I can't speak <laughs> audiobook fans, of which I am one. Uh, the Flowers of Vashnoi is now available in audiobook format, which is most excellent. Um, for podcast reference, we'll be reading it next month along with Diplomatic Immunity. So, and it is uh, narrated once again by your good pal, Grover. Grover. My friend Grover! <laughs> <laughs> Have you Grover. read it yet? Or No, okay. I'm going to read it. This It's the only one I'm going to be reading in real time. Yay! With- the well, podcast. no, because you're gonna you haven't read the last two because I haven't let you. No, but but up to this yes. point, it's the only one I'm going to be reading on time. It's very good. It's and it's and it's fitting with uh, it's almost fitting a little bit with in- a civil campaign because mm-hmm. um the the butterbugs make a return, <laughs> but Yay! um but it, they make me laugh. But it fits more with uh diplomatic community. So, okay, with the theme of diplomatic well, immunity. Not theme, but uh, Miles and Ekaterin are married and, you know, their their kids are running around. So, you know. Got it. Chronological yep. wise, it fits. Got it. So, it's somewhere between the two. Yes. It actually, I think, is a lot closer to Captain Rapatrol's Alliance time frame, oh, but it does God, not. I can't wait till we can talk about that book. It does not go with that book. <laughs> Right, no, not in the slightest. Also, uh, we probably won't have a lot to talk about with diplomatic immunity, so... Yeah, so we may as well We're also going to talk about Winter Fair Gifts, too. Oh, good, I loved that one. Yes! It was so cute. Yeah, diplomatic (laughs) immunity was not... um, Oops, I just dropped my phone on the dog's head. Oh, no! That's not good. (laughs) He did not enjoy that. Um, But... Yeah, diplomatic immunity wasn't something that I was super into. Mm-hmm. It just didn't grab me like a lot of the other ones. Yeah, I just started rereading it again, so we'll see if I like it better the second yeah, time around. See how you feel That's on a second? Be- that has been the theme of this series. I usually end up enjoying it more the second time around, if only just because I love the character so much. So right, and it is good to be with them again. Yes, like it's it's a mild Ekaterin, mm-hmm. you know, newly married it, it, fun times. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Excuse me. Another announcement. Uh, we want to wish Lois McMaster Vujold a happy birthday. A very happy birthday. Her birthday was last week. It was actually going to be the day after we were going to record, but um, we did not end up recording that day. So uh, we are wishing her Whoops, a belated, a belated happy birthday. Belated birthday. Yes. And if you follow her blog on Goodreads, she post posted a annual birthday present from her Russian fans, which is a very adorable um, fan art fan of art. Ivan and Byerly, which uh, will go with uh, Captain Verpatrol's Alliance. <laughs> Yay! Yeah. 
Um, so, um, yeah, that will be our January book. No, December. Uh, What month are we in? We're in November. We're in November, but, but, uh, a civil campaign was technically the October book. book. Yes. Right. Because we're like, okay. Yes. No, I am with it. (laughs) I'm back in in the reality. Unless... I um, get really um, unless I get really tied up with pitch wars, but mm-hmm. I think I should be fine because um, I I need a break. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's nice. Like yeah. when I was doing my crazy wedding season, mm-hmm. it was nice to uh, mm-hmm. be able to get away from that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So funny note. After the last time we recorded was the was when they announced the uh, Pitch Wars picks. Yes. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Pitch Wars is a writing competition sort of thing where you get um where you amend, you submit your book to mentors and they um, pick one book to and to mentor over the next four months with the hopes of signing on with an agent. And um, they announced the picks October 11th, which was when we recorded our last episode. And I literally. They literally tweeted out the results right as I pressed stop on the recording, yep. <laughs> which I was very grateful for because if it happened while we were recording, uh, I, your phone would have had a meltdown. Yeah, and I would have had a meltdown. So, right. yep. <laughs> um, I'm so happy for you. Oh, thank you. I'm also happy for me, but I'm also stressed out. Stressed out. And well, I mean, talking about this book is my. Uh, stress release because I it is the best. That's a healthy way, yeah, to relieve stress. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So when we last left our heroes, uh, they were recovering from the very awkward dinner party. Oh man, it was so awkward. <laughs> so awkward. Cordelia. So awkward. Cordelia has offered to assist Mark. Uh, all he has to do is ask. Ekaterin is nursing a hangover while debating. Why she didn't give Miles an answer to his proposal. And Miles, uh, with his parents' encouragement, has decided to write the best damn adject apology ever. Yep. So that seems like a good as place as any to start back Just on jump the book. right back yeah. in. So Ekaterin is at home and she is visited by uh Kareen and Martia. Martia, who is playing like Kareen's a go-between, yeah. Well, not go-between. She's like her chaperone because her parents right, because don't trust Kareen anymore. Also, her parents have said she's not allowed to talk to anyone in the Vorkosigan yes, household, yes. right? So she and so she goes to Ekaterin and she's trying to find out from Ekaterin what is happening at Vorkosigan house. Like, sh- and she has an interest in the Butterbug scheme. Mm-hmm. And she has no idea what's happening there. Uh, also, she's concerned about about Mark uh, and his well-being. Um, and uh, so they are having a discussion. They are talking with a Ekaterin about, like, can you make the Butterbugs look prettier? Um, so she is... She gets involved with that. Um, and while they're there... Armsman uh, 
Pim shows up. I love Armsman Pim. I love all of the Armsmen, to yeah. be honest. I mean, Roik was one of my favorite parts of um, Diplomatic Immunity and Winter Fair Gifts. Yes. Or I, Roik, I don't know. I don't know either. In I, I've never heard Roik as a name, but Loik is a name in French and it's spelled the same without, you know, um, swap the L for the R. So I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so so Pim shows up with the the abject apology. Yep, <laughs> and um, it's it's super funny because uh, like like we said, Corrine's not supposed to talk to anyone from the Varkozigan household. So finally, she's nope. like kicking, like elbowing Martia, and finally Martia starts asking all the questions about. You know what is ha- what's happening over there, and Roy and Pim does his best to fill them in, and then he is um, he says he's been sent to um, give Katrin the letter um, that. <laughs> Ooh, <sorry. laughs> oh no, Bo! <laughs> Bo! Oh no! Someone has walked by outside. He hasn't mm. made a noise in hours. Of course. I apologize to any listeners. That's fine. It's, I mean, that's what dogs do. They bark. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to find the actual letter. And of course, I can't find it. This is really amazing podcasting, me skimming through my Kindle. <laughs> I should just search for yours to command because that'll come up. Yours to command. Let's find it. Yep. Yes, yep, here we go. See, I found it. Yeah, you! <laughs> so, so, Roik, Roik, um, you know, or not Roik, Pim shows up with the, with the letter, and, um, he is like, I've, I've been sent to give this to you, and then leave. I'm not supposed to, you know, I'm not supposed to stay around or bother you, and then, um, so he leaves, um and then the 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 Kudelkas leave and they see Pim standing next to the ground car and he's like, "Did she read it?" And they're like, "Not in front of us." And he's like, "Darn, I was hoping she would." <laughs> <laughs> and then they ask about how is Miles and he's like, "Well, he's over the vomiting and moaning part." <laughs> um, <laughs> so oh, um, so Ekaterin. Then we return to Ekaterin. We get her point of view as she reads the letter, and I really love this um, this this line. It says she sighed in anticipated exhaustion and carefully opened it. <laughs> like I've been there. She knows him so well. Like yeah, this is gonna be annoying. It's gonna be exhausting. And then like she goes, they go through the whole letter, and it's just amazing. And it's it's very long. So I don't think I can read the whole thing, but it starts yeah, no, with it's very long. it starts with um, dear Madame Vorswasson. It began. I am sorry. This is the eleventh draft of this letter. They've all started with those three words, even the horrible version in rhyme. So I guess they stay. <laughs> Her mind hiccuped to a stop for a moment, 
All she could wonder was who emptied his wastebasket and if they could be bribed. Pim, probably, <laughs> and likely not. She shook the vision from her head and read on. Um, and then she goes on and reads this letter about him explaining what he did and why he did it. And, you know, saying that... Uh, even though I'd kept my counsel from you, I should have—I should at least have done you the courtesy to keep it from others as well, till you had, had the year of grace and rest you'd ask for. But I became terrified you'd choose another first. And then she thinks, what other did he imagine her choosing, for God's sake? She wanted no one. And I'm like, see, Miles, like, for as confident Miles is, is he's really not. <laughs> yeah, he's very insecure. Yeah. Um... And then it says, she wondered when not dull had become her prime criterion for mate selection. About 10 minutes after she'd first met Miles Rokosigan, perhaps? Mm -hmm. Damn the man for ruining her taste and judgment. And, and she read on. Then he's explaining <laughs> why he, you know, that he used the garden as a ploy to get near her. Um, he wants her to grow. And I'm, I have to read this paragraph because it's so swoon withy. <laughs> I love you, but I lust after and covet so much more than your body. I wanted to possess the power of your eyes, the way they see form and beauty that isn't even there yet, and draw it up out of nothing into the solid world. I wanted to own the honor of your heart, unboat unbowed in the vilest horrors of those bleak hours on Komar. I wanted your courage and your will, your caution and serenity. I wanted, I suppose, your soul, and that was too much to want. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to give you a victory, but by their essential nature, triumphs can't be given. They must be taken, and the worse the odds, the f and the fiercer the resistance, the greater the honor. Victories can't be gifts. But gifts can be victories, can't they? It's what you said. The garden could have been your gift, a dowry of talent, skill, and vision. I know it's too late now, but I just wanted to say it would have been a victory most worthy of our house. Yours to command, Miles Rikuskin. <laughs> Can I just tell you that yours command is literally oh, no, that is the like most... the best. I think we should just... If... You are trying to woo someone, male or female, probably. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to end all your letters. I agree. Maybe forever. Yours to command. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to talk to Charles about that. <laughs> Not that there's a lot of letter writing happening um it says she sat up but you know yeah should there be <laughs> she sat up again and reread the letter in the fading light twice it neither demanded nor requested nor seemed to anticipate reply good because she doubted she could string two coherent clauses together just now yep what did he expect her to make of this every sentence that didn't start with i seemed to begin with but it wasn't just honest it was naked with the back of her dirty hand, she swiped the water from her eyes across her hot cheeks to cool and evaporate. She turned over the envelope and stared again at the seal. In a time of isolation, such incised seals had been smeared with blood to signify a lord's most personal protestation of loyalty. Uh, 
And then, like, it says, uh, she goes on to say how this uh, seal rubbing was red brown and then realizes that it was, that it is blood. Yep. And because it's the dagger, it's his grandfather's dagger. And of course, he just uses his blood to seal it because that's what he does because he doesn't think anything of it because he's a damn Verkosigan. Kosigan. Yeah. Yep. Miles probably used his for a letter opener or to clean under his fingernails. And the hilarious part is she's right. (laughs) (laughs) This literally Uh, priceless dagger. Yeah. And yeah. Well, that goes on with later. We're going to get to this later, but their conversation in the attic when Mm -hmm. he shows her the uh, saddle that uh, Piotr gave his wife and she's like this should be in a museum or sold to a collector and he's like why he gave it to his wife to use he'd want someone to use it and it's so true (laughs) yep Yep. (laughs) Um, this is a passage I really love Um, when you'd made a mistake how do you how did you continue how to go on rightly from the bad place where you found yourself on and not back again, because there was never really any going back. Time erased the path behind your heels. And that's why I love this book, because, like, it could just be so much of, like, Miles, like, oh, Miles is going to woo his lady. But mm-hmm. she uses Ekaterin's point of view to have it just also be a book about Ekaterin figuring out who she is and... yep. Surviving. Well, there's a, I mean, there are, there are so many different things going on in this book. Yes. Which is why it's so great. There's it is comedy, so... there's drama, there's romance. Yeah. It's so good. It's so good. Yes. So, um, Ekaterin is basically kind of like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but it has made her much less angry about miles <laughs> um which is good yes um however then there's another problem that happens um bum, bum, bum. so um vasily who is uh is it her brother no it is tien's cousin cousin right who is her clo- his closest male relative who had guardianship over Nikki, but he signed it away to her at the funeral. And basically, mm-hmm. that's the only time they've ever met. He is a bachelor. He lives on a military base. You know, I mean, he's he's a fine person, but he is... Misguided. Yes. Um, and then her brother, Hugo Vervain, have apparently gotten together... Um, not to conspire, but because they have heard things that are going on in the capital, and they are very concerned about Ekaterin. Um, and also Nikki. Yes. So in the beginning of the book, uh, uh, Miles has breakfast with Ekaterin and the cats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Kitties! And I- Ivan comes in um, and makes a joke about Miles having killed Tien to get with Ekaterin. And Miles gets really, really angry and, like, calls him Lord Verpatrol, which, you know, 
things are serious. You know you're in trouble when people start using your whole name <laughs> or your titles. Yes. Um, and Miles says to him, I can't tell you what happened. It's slit your throat stuff, and I'm not even shitting. Mm-hmm. So this... That was foreshadowing, because that's what Lois McMaster Bujol does. She tells you (laughs) exactly what is going to happen later in the book. And then when you get there, you're still surprised that it happened. It's like, oh, okay. Um, You know, people are going to think Miles, you know, killed Tien and he can't say anything about it. Okay, sure. (laughs) And that's exactly what happens. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So... Because of Ekaterin storming off, um, the story has gone through Vorbar Sultana, and Alexei Vormankrief, who is awful. Um, um, I think it's uh, Vormankrief. Um, I'm sorry. I call him Alexei Vormankrief. <laughs> <laughs> and rightfully so. Yes. Um, Alexei, whatever his name is. Um, has come up with the story that Ekaterin ran out because she learned that Miles had killed Tien or had something to do with his death. His death. Um, and this has become spread all over town. And of, the problem is, is Miles can't say anything about I it. I mean, he can't prove what happened because it's a cover story. There's a, yep. you know, Imsec does not want to get involved because they actually prefer people thinking that Miles had something to do with it because then because the then true story will think about Komar right. and terrorists and collapsing the wormhole and all of that stuff they don't want getting out. And like right. literally Miles talks to Imsec about it and they're like, uh, this is actually good for us. <laughs> so you're sort of on your own. Yeah. And Miles, and Miles doesn't want to get Gregor involved because, you know, Gregor's got his own things to worry about right now. And and this is not like top of the list of things that Gregor needs to be right. involved in. Right. Yes. So, um, yes. so they come and they basically not threaten her, but they are very concerned and want to take Nikki. And she, like, convinces them not to... She convinces them she doesn't have anything to do with Miles, and she won't have anything to do with Miles for at least a year, basically. Um, Which seems like a concession, but for her, it's basically like saying, "Uh, uh, uh-uh-uh, you can't have this, and then Uh that's all you want. So she goes over to talk to miles and miles is out watering her skeleton plant in the in the garden she's like what are you doing and he's doing it wrong yeah he's doing it wrong she's like i sent you appendices did you not read them so he's like um yeah what so they go and they talk about what happened and that um uh, oh, I'm sorry. This is not the part when they say, you know, you can't talk to him for a year. She basically she goes over because she wants to warn him about what right, has about happened this rumor. about this rumor. Um, yep. Miles, of course, being Miles already knows he's heard about it. Um, I think he heard about it from Ivan. Um, that wouldn't 
surprise yeah, because me, Ivan although heard I don't it from, remember. Ivan heard it from Bai, and I think Ivan told Miles. And then Miles called Insec, and Insec was basically like, you don't... You're on your own, well, kid. And they're like, don't tell a Katarin yet, because first we need to find out if we have a leak. And then if right. we don't... You can you can tell her, you can warn her about this, but she right. finds and out then anyway. When Katarin finds out, she's like, "You you said you'd be honest with me," and he's like, "I couldn't." And but anyway, it's you know it's fine now, so let's talk. And right. um, they they talk about what happened, and like Nikki is asking questions about whether he killed his dad or his da, I don't know how you say da. it. Da. Da. Um, and Miles, of course, really can't really answer. And so he's like, I'm going to have you talk to a man who um, also lost his father in a tragic accident in a young age. Um, and he will Although be... Although neither one of them were that tragic, if no. we're going to be perfectly honest. Right. <laughs> right. But he's like, um, yeah, so we will, uh, I will have you talk to him and he can determine what you should know. And Ekaterin doesn't realize who Miles is talking about. Um, but like, it's literally, he is literally the one person who can decide what Nikki can and cannot know. And of course it's Gregor. Um, yep. And can you imagine just so casually being like, all right, well, <laughs> well I'm going to call up the emperor. I mean, it's I mean, it's just like everything that happens in this book where a Catherine's like, oh, he freaking used his seal like so casually. And oh, he's got this right. saddle that's priceless from like actual royalty. And oh, he's just going to call up his foster he's brother, gonna- the emperor. <laughs> Right. I mean, you do get, I mean, when the emperor is your foster brother, you do get those kinds of, you know, <laughs> privilege. It wouldn't be weird. He's, you, he's one you of, know, right. He's one of the people who has the personal number, one of the very few people that we know of. Less than, I, right. less and than I'm two sure hands. That sometimes they just call, you know, sometimes they just call to, what's sh- up? To shit, basically. What's up? Yeah. Miles, people are really bothering me. Come over. And let's drink. <laughs> I mean, let's have a drink. Yeah, right. It happens. Sure that happens. And I'm sure that that happens with all people in power. Yeah. Um, it's just an interesting. It would be fascinating to watch it all. You know, like from a Catherine's perspective. Yes. Um. So they so they have this conversation, and then they go to see Gregor, and Gregor basically. Is like let he's leave, leave, leaving it all up to Nikki. He's like, here's what I can tell you. However, if I tell you these things, you will be under a higher level of security clearance. There are certain things you cannot do. There are certain places you cannot go, and you will be monitored basically for not the rest of your life, but you know, several years. And of course, Nikki is the first right, thing is like this is no longer a yeah. Nikki's concern is, but I want to be a jump pilot. And Gregor assures him, you know, it won't be that long, hopefully. And and we'll be able to take care of that. Right. Right. So he <laughs> So he is like basically completely honest almost about what happened with 
his with Tien, with the exception of all the conspiracy stuff going on with it. Like he tells them about them going out and conf- you know getting captured, and him you know not having enough air in his breath mask, and then know that miles couldn't help him because he was also tied up and that's when you know he shows them his scars and it kind of like he sat- shows him the scars yeah so it satisfies nikki enough that you know lord Verkos again didn't have anything to do with it but i mean it's it's a it's a big burden and a Catherine is also like i don't know if i would have told him all of these things but I think Nikki <laughs> Nikki seems to appreciate being treated like an adult. An adult. Yeah. Yeah. So they have um so they basically are, you know, going on with the rest of their, you know, affairs. Miles gets very much involved in the challenges in the Council of Counts. Because Miles needs something to do. <laughs> well, right, yeah. No, Miles... <laughs> he needs a purpose. Yeah. And Richards Verutier comes over to talk to Miles. Actually, I think that's where Miles learns about this whole rumor. And from Richards... Oh, from Richards? And Richards is yeah, trying to... Richards is trying to earn his vote, and Miles is like, uh-uh. You've just made an enemy. And so Miles decides that he is going to campaign gung-ho for Dono and Renee. And that he's going to have them ally with each other and try to campaign for votes together. Um, Yep. And this this is what he does. Um, And it unfortunately makes him enemies who spread even more rumors and, you know, talk going on about, like, rebellions happening in the capital after these votes happen, and it's going to be horrible, and uh, to the point where Vasily and Hugo return to Ekaterin to try to, you know, take Nikki away from her. Take Nikki. Yeah. So... Before this happens, she goes and has a she goes to talk to Miles because she like promises that she won't see him for a year. So she goes over there to tell him basically that they she won't- promises her brother. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she doesn't just promise Miles. She promises her, her br- brother. Yes, that she will you know not see him and not be involved with him because they don't want Nikki being tainted. Yeah. by this Borkosigan nonsense. So yes. in order to keep her child, which is the most manipulative, awful, like, I hated all of that. It's so bad. Um, um, so she... Yeah, so in order to keep her child, she has to promise that she won't see Miles. Yes. So she goes over to tell him this, and she, she asks, she's like, can I at least go and talk to him? And they're like, okay, fine. So she goes over and talks to him and he's in the attic and that's when he's like, he's like, you know, uh, Pim, she goes and like Pim lets her in. She's like, oh, yes, uh, Madame Verswassen. And so during the dinner party, uh, when she was like, Pim, open this door right now. He like stuttered. Yes, milady. And opened the door for her. 
And she realizes mm-hmm. that yeah, that yes, milady was a super huge slip on his part, um, and he wants yep. her to be milady. <laughs> he wants her to be yep. Lady Virkos again, and he knows that Miles needs her. And dear God, everyone in that house just wants Miles to get laid. <laughs> it would make their lives. So much, so much easier. easier. <laughs> so much easier. Yeah. But also, I mean, Pim has known Miles for a very long time and, you know, wants him to be happy. You right. Know. And he also sees that this is a good fit for Miles. Yes. This isn't- she would be a good Lady Vercos again. Yep. And, you know, he likes her for who she is. Yep. So um, she goes up to talk to him in the attic and tells him what happened and that she can't see him and oh my god it is the sexiest conversation (laughs) and they don't even touch hardly Mm -mm. there is so much tension and like so i had and it's hard to write that kind of tension oh yeah so i had written a scene in a book where these two characters who had a big history, like sort of like hooked up together and got back together. And my friend who had edited it for me, she was like, I don't like this. <laughs> it it it's, doesn't make sense. It's not, it it's not earned. I just feel like it would be so much better and have more tension if this doesn't happen. And I was like, yes. You are correct. So I rewrote the scene um, where to try to be where they're saying a lot without saying anything. Mm-hmm. And basically the entire time I was rewriting it, I was thinking of this attic scene. <laughs> <laughs> because it is, it's just so good. There's so much emotion. There's so much tension. And like, I was like, Oh my God! Just kiss, just kiss, yep. just kiss. Do it now. All I Are want you to kiss. Now? Are they gonna kiss now? And even the cat or it is like, I can't kiss him because then I'll never stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she gets up and leaves, and it's like, Oh God! I need a cold shower after this scene. <laughs> <laughs> so did Miles. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yep. Um. So yeah, the that. That's basically how their relationship kind of ends uh, off, um, where they both want each other and they cannot have each other. <sighs> um, so, um, one more Miles things before we move on to the other characters. Um, <laughs> when when Gregor goes, when he, Miles goes with Ekaterin and Nikki to see Gregor, Gregor tells Miles to have his father give him that lecture on honor versus reputation so um miles is like well okay um sure uh and he he's at home and like he comes across his dad in the library and he's like um so gregor so gregor said (laughs) yeah and he's like oh i'm i'm glad i'm glad those things um He's like, I'm he's like, I'm glad that stuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so he's like, um, which, which, or he's like, 
so he's uh, he says Gregor asks, requests and requires no less. So yep. it's in order. Uh, you yep. give me the lecture you gave him on honor versus reputation. It must have been memorable. The Count's brow wrink wrinkled. Lecture? Oh, yes. He smiled briefly. So that's stuck in his mind. Good. You wonder sometimes with young people if anything you say goes in or if you're just throwing your words on the wind. <laughs> Miles stirred uncomfortably, wondering if any of that last remark was to his address. <laughs> All right. How much of that remark? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All uh, of that remark was for yeah, him, yeah. basically. He's, I wouldn't have called it a lecture. Just a useful distinction to clarify thought. He spread his hand, palm up, in a gesture of balance. Reputation is what other people know about you. Honor is what you know about yourself. Hmm. The friction tends to rise when the two are not the same. In the manner of Vorswasan's death, how do you stand with yourself? How does he strike to the center in one cut like that? <laughs> because he's, he's the count. Because he's the count, Miles. And when, That's what he does. That's his job. It is. So they have this conversation that I think, in my opinion, this is the best scene in the Verkosian saga. Ooh, that's a big... Uh, yeah. Uh, that's a big, not ask, uh, statement. There it we is. go. It is. And I stand by it. I'm trying to think what mine would be. <laughs> I really... Like, it may not be the best scene, but I really like Miles's apology letter. Yeah, it's good. I think why this one strikes with me so much is, and I was thinking about this earlier when I was in the shower, because that's when I do my best thinking. I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> is that, like, so, so much of the series is about Miles, Miles's relationship with his parents, Mm -hmm. specifically his father and his grandfather because he's trying to live up to them and while his relationship with his father is very good you know his father was also a huge person in briar in history mm -hmm. and i think lowe's master bujol did a really smart thing in that in miles's stories he is largely separated from his parents Mm -hmm. Not out of them being estranged or negligence no. or anything. It's just that is how he can assert himself and how his stories become his stories and not his Their parents' stories. stories. Because, I mean... Shards of Honor and Berea are very much their stories. And it would have mm -hmm. been very easy to just leave Miles on Berea in the shadow of his father and his mother, and he would never have grown both as his as a person or as a s character in his mm -hmm. own story. So, you know, she establishes their relationship early on, the warrior's apprentice, and then he leaves Berear. Um and hasn't come back until like the last book. Yeah, so like the the f there are several books where he's not on Berea at all, mm -hmm. and um you know there's a few scenes in the Vor game where he's with his father, and those work really well because like the one scene he's a he's arrested and 
Errol is trying to figure out what to do with him. And then the last <laughs> scene is like, you know, there's a battle going on and Errol comes in to save the day, basically. But Miles had a huge part in it. So it's kind of cool to see them on the same level. Mm-hmm. But Brothers in Arms, Miles isn't there. Setaganda, he's on Setaganda, so he's not with them at all. At the end of Mirror Dance, he is with his parents because he's dead through the whole book. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. then Memory, he is, um, his mother comes back like earlier in the book, but then Errol doesn't show up until the very, very end. And they have a nice scene, you know, together. And yep. then um, Komar, he's on he's on Komar. Komar. And then this book, he's he's got, you know, the first half of the book, they're not there. Mm-hmm. And then they they show up during the party, but you know, they are so busy doing all the stuff for like him him, you know, meeting with Errol and Cordelia meeting with people and doing and stuff for the planning wedding. Planning for the wedding so, and and Miles is so busy with all of his stuff that they don't really it's not like oh miles their their plots come together mm-hmm. so this book i think when they're all finally in the same place proves that yes these stories are miles' stories and he's his parents are supporting characters in his story and for as mm-hmm. strong characters as they are that's a huge accomplishment because <laughs> mm-hmm. they could totally take over. I, and and it's so smart because they could have taken over his whole story oh, yeah. because they're such strong characters. Right. And like that's why I, I love the scene so much because it allows us to see that relationship between Miles and his dad and sort of revel in it for a while. Mm-hmm. And you see where Miles gets how the way he is. Right. And um, but it's also reminding us that like, oh, yeah, Miles still has a lot to learn. And it's a good thing he's got his parents still around. To help right. Him. And, and Miles is what, 30 in this book? Yeah, 30. And like and um, it's we never get Errol's point of view in the series. <laughs> And so Ariel is always kind of one of those characters who just seems larger than life. And to see him from Miles's point of view, like who who he sees him as larger than life, but also he's just that, mm-hmm. you know. So it's just a really nice contrast, and it's just I just really like this scene a lot, and it it encapsulates for me what this series is all about and you will appreciate this comparison <laughs> okay um it reminds me of so much that the star wars expanded universe did wrong <laughs> <laughs> um do tell because we were both very big fans of the legends universe yep um and you know specifically Luke Skywalker and his relationship with his wife in that series, Mara Jade, and they had my, a su- my original Cord- like Cordelia, OTP. <laughs> yeah, my my serious OTP. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So um, they you know they have a son, um, but Mara dies when 
her and their son is very young. Boo. Um, there's wars always going on, and we never really see them like being happy or being a normal family. Mm-hmm. And like the problem with Star Wars books, specifically books, is that you know they would try to fill in all the gaps and. The the whole the the feeling was that if there wasn't a war going on, there wasn't anything interesting to tell a story about. And right. these books prove, prove that, that that is not true. Th- there is like I mean, yeah, there are political things happening in this book, but this book happens during peacetime. This book happens while they're planning a royal wedding. <laughs> there are no space battles. No. There are no. There's one um, action sequence, one, and it barely lasts a few pages. Oh, I, I and I had to think about what it was. <laughs> yeah, um, but like and, I know, yeah. I mean, we'll get there, but and like, yeah, no, it's nothing. And that's not to say like this series, this series has its share of battles and mm-hmm. you know, not wars, but like near wars, skirmishes. Yeah, near wars, and you know, there is the war. F- the the pretenders war there's the escobar war there's the war for the hegan hub but and you know miles <laughs> runs a mercenary fleet so yes there's battles <laughs> but like the later books especially once miles gets out of the dendari like memory is there's no action sequences in memory like i'm trying to think Mm-mm. i'm trying to think if there's anything and i i can't I don't I don't think there is. Um the closest you get in Komar is them Miles being tied up at the research base and like a Katarin escaping, but even that's not like oh they're shooting, you know. No, it's like, I mean it's more like I'm trying to escape these people. <laughs> right. It's definitely not like a full-on battle sequence. Yeah. So like I think if if they had allowed like the characters who were the younger characters like like Ben Skywalker mm-hmm. who's Luke's son and Han and Leia's children in the, in that series they had three of them to allow them to be on their own and grow as their own and then yep. you could have the few scenes where they're all together as a family, and it would be so nice. It'd be to so see. sweet. And then they'd go off and be do their own stories, right? And I really wanted that. I mean, yeah. that's a whole different. That's a whole different topic. And you could um, still have had like the the older generation have their own books, but have yep. like Luke and Mara go off on their own, right? But then you could have told. The storytelling wouldn't have had to necessarily always revolve around Luke and Leia and Han, right. which it did, yeah, primarily. And like, and while the series it's about Miles, um, I mean, there's the Ivan the Captain for Patrol's Alliance proves that it can sustain stories that are not about Miles, you yep. know, and yep. and like. I think she could I think I could think of at least half a dozen novels that she could write with various characters in this series and I can even see her coming up with a completely new character 
on a different planet and like just making and keeping it in the universe yeah just yeah Mm -hmm. because i mean like falling free and ethan of athos are not about the main verkozigan clan which is why we're not reading them right but i mean people like them and i might go read ethan of athos eventually but like yeah so yeah my point being i think this is the perfect example of how to write a saga that stars a family and especially a multi-generational family without bogging everything down and focusing on the older characters at the expense of the younger ones. Yep. And this scene is perfect for that because both <laughs> because Miles gets to learn from his dad and you are in awe of Errol as much as Miles is in awe of Errol mm-hmm. and it's it's so great. So Miles is discussing how he feels like, you know, what he feels like and Errol says, there is no more hollow feeling than to stand with your honor shattered at your feet while soaring public reputation wraps you in rewards. That's soul destroying. The other way around is merely very, very irritating. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, okay. (laughs) So, can I offer you some consoling reflections? Please do, sir. First, this too shall pass. Despite the undoubted charms of sex, murder, conspiracy, and more sex, people will eventually go bored of the tale. And some other poor fellow will make some other ghastly public mistake, and their attention will go herring off after the new game. What sex? Miles muttered in exasperation. <laughs> there hasn't been any sex. Damn it. Or this would all seem a great deal more worthwhile. I haven't even gotten to kiss the woman yet. The Count's lips twitched. My condolences. <laughs> mm. So, so yeah, he he has a conversation and like, of course, we know that Bro is really in, into this conversation. Yeah, I don't know what he's got. I'm sorry. A, oh. Sounds like a water bottle. Yeah, or that, paper. No, that's exactly what he's got. Uh, he does uh, love a water bottle. Yeah. Hold on. <laughs> nope, now he's gone. Oh. So here's note to um, listeners. If you have a dog yeah. and you live in an old house, mm-hmm. you should make sure that your doors have latches that work. Yes. Is really how this goes down. But mm-hmm. it's all original and not all the doors, like, because it's so old, mm-hmm. they don't all, they're not all plumb still, yeah. you know? So, yeah. Let me see if I can wrest this away from him. Hang on a second. Okay. Lay down. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So, um, they're they're discussing, you know, what is going on with Miles, and Errol is trying to give him advice, and then he gives Miles. The best advice ever, and I want to stencil this up on my child's wall, except there's a bad <laughs> word in it. Um, yeah, well, you can edit it. Guard your honor, let your reputation fall where it will, and outlive the bastards. 
That's not a bad word. I love it so much. It's so good. I love it so much. It's my motto in life. I like, like it. Just because I'm I'm powered by spite. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is where it comes from. Um and then they they actually start talking about like Errol's past and his first wife cheating on him and the him basically killing the men but them thinking that they dueled each other um yep. which you know right now we're all like oh Errol Vorkosian is such a wonderful man oh my god he's so great yeah. and right. then but like then he realize, starts talking about oh. this and you're like oh right Errol did really bad things yep and that's why I appreciate Lois of Master Bujold so much is because she doesn't shy away from that but she's also a really good writer so she makes you like characters who do bad things who do bad things because people are complicated but also like he has genuine remorse for what happened mm -hmm. um and also they speculate on whether or not Piotr had her killed um or killed her um, because he arranged the marriage and he felt responsible for what happened. And Miles asks if Errol ever asked him, and he's uh, Errol. Errol says, "What? What? After all, would I have done if he'd said yes?" Hmm. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. What do you do? What do you do? I mean, like, I mean, we know what happened when Errol, when Piotr tried to kill Miles. They didn't talk for five years, mm -hmm. um, and that's a problem, you know. Yeah, so it's sort of problem. I mean, like, and. Like, you think, oh, my God, well, how could you even, like, still have a relationship with your father when you think that he did what he did? But also, like, this is Berear. Errol is pretty much the last again, so he has to have a relationship with his father no matter what. Mm -hmm. Like, even when they weren't speaking during the five years, like, Errol was still his heir. And if anything had happened, he would have had to, like, fulfill that obligation. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, they have a great conversation and talking about how, uh, you know, really there should only be a few opinions that matter to him, and it's a Catarin and Nikki and you know his, his parents, parents, of course, and Gregor. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, and he's like, be honest with her. Um, uh. And they have, he says this thing, he, he he says, honesty is the only way with anyone when you'll be so close as to be living inside each other's skins. So, is this a Katarine another passing fancy? The Count hesitated, his eyes crinkling. Or is she the one who will love my son forever and fiercely? Hold this household and estates with integrity. Stand beside him through danger and dearth and death. And guide my grandchildren's hands when they light my funeral offering. <laughs> Miles paused in momentary admiration of his father's ability to deliver lines like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who talks like that? Yeah, Errol Vorkos again. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's Errol, the only one. Errol Vorkos again. Okay. So, do you want to move to the other amazing conversation with the other Verkozigan parent? Um, yes, because anything <laughs> involving Cordelia 
you know, is my jam. <laughs> yes. So, um, Mar- Mark eventually gets desperate enough to ask Cordelia to help. Mm-hmm. And um, she directs, they're, they're all directed to the library. Corrine uh, and her parents have come over. Mark is there. And um, Cordelia has moved a very old couch into the library. (laughs) And as soon as they mentioned the couch, I died. (laughs) (laughs) And then as soon as Drew and Koo saw the couch, they also died. died too. (laughs) (laughs) And the best part of this, this is all written from Corrine's point of view. She has no No clue the subtleties of what is happening in this. Um, She's like, "Uh, Corrine, why don't you sit right here? Uh, And then Mark sits (laughs) down. Taunt Cordelia's index finger rose like a target seeker and pointed first to Corrine's parents, then to the old sofa. Koo and Drew, you sit down there. There. Both of them (laughs) stared with inexplicable dismay at the harmless piece of old furniture. Oh, breathed the Commodore. Oh, Cordelia, this is fighting dirty. <laughs> he started to he started to swing around and head for the exit, but was brought up short by his wife's hand closing like a vice on his arm. The oh. countess's gaze sharpened in a voice Kareen had rarely heard her use before. She repeated, "Sit down." It wasn't even her old Countess Verkozigan voice. It was something older, firmer, and even more appallingly confident. It was her old ship captain's voice, Corrine realized, and her parents had both lived under military authority for decades. Her parents sank as though folded. <laughs> <laughs> I am in awe of Cordelia. And then they just, they just, they're, they're done. They should just not even bother to have the conversation. Nope. Mm-mm. Because they're done. There's, they, n- there's n- nothing they can say. They're not, nothing at all. Nope. <laughs> they looked nothing so much as two guilty teenagers caught, hmm, like two guilty teenagers caught screwing on the living room couch, actually. Mm-hmm. So, for those who have forgotten, <laughs> in Berear, um, Cordelia and Arrow are attacked with Soltox and Gas, um, and this is when she suffers the or miles suffers the damage when he's in utero um and drew and ku were apparently having sex on the couch while this happened um and they both feel extremely guilty that they were not on duty as they should have been to stop the attack even though there really was nothing they could have done and they weren't really on duty. <laughs> right. But, um, so that is why they feel so guilty about it. And also, like, once that happened, like, they basically stopped talking to each other and Ku felt like he had raped Drew and Drew yep. got and really like, pissed off at him. her honor. Yeah, and she got really pissed off at him because she wanted to have sex with him and 
yeah, it was all very dumb. And Cordelia finally had to play go-between in, like, a brothel while they were trying to get to the Imperial Palace during Mm -hmm. the Pretender's War. So Cordelia's whole point in this conversation is, Drew and Koo were young and stupid. Her But Kareen, they were in love. They were in love. Kareen is young, but she is not stupid. And wouldn't they rather have her claim her sexuality, you know, with all her faculties about her and not some mad scramble in the dark? Right. And yes. they're, you know, Bereans, and this is, you know, not what they are used to. <laughs> uh, Rare is a little prudish. Yeah. But, I mean, she's right. Like, her whole thing is, we want, like, you know, they say, we want them to be better than us, to do better than us. And Cordelia's mm-hmm. like, but she is. Right. Like, and I, we get some- This is already better. Yeah. She's like, we are we get some really fun lines from uh, Corrine in here where she's remembering about, like- her order her um hiring the licensed practical sexuality therapist mm-hmm. while she was on beta colony and uh she'd been too shy to start with a man so she hired a hermaphrodite and who explained that hermaphrodites were very popular with the young people <laughs> and she's like it had worked out really really well and then when it was done she called mark to tell him all about it and he was really happy for her and I'm just like, okay, so sweet. it's sweet, but also weird. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I think it might be like, if we were more open about it in our society, right. and we had people that you knew what you were doing going in, yeah. and you knew all about consent, and yeah. you knew all about how to please a partner (laughs) yes i think what i mean like because kareen and mark were obviously into each other Mm -hmm. and so like if i was into someone that much i don't think i would be able to go like to a different lpst to like learn about sex with them not being involved i'd be like oh but i want you here too (laughs) Uh, you know yeah because i am very monogamous (laughs) not everyone is and that's fine but but that's you know that's good for your marriage i'm also not for not from beta colony so (laughs) no that's true and it's a whole different beast if i was a single person i would probably not have a problem hiring a licensed lpst (laughs) right but i mean why not yeah uh so um (laughs) oh and then there's this really uh astute observation from cordelia where she says kareen was committed to her student year on beta colony before she ever met mark who knows if mark hadn't been there to uh insulate her she might have met a nice bait in it and stayed with him or it kareen murmured or her <laughs> daz looks tightened and i was like ah oh, kareen you're a little more galactic than the rest of them 
and then then there's a really, really, really sad line where Cordelia says, I haven't seen my own mother face to face more than three times in the last 30 years. And basically saying if if she stays with Mark, they at least know that they're going to see her. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that's so sad. Why can't Cordelia like just hop on a ship I and mean, go see her mother? It does take a long time. It does. It's not like, but... you know, beaming up. Mm. And they have a talk about money and that Mark's not broke at all and asking what what Corrine wants and she's like I don't know like she doesn't want to get married now and she says why do all the stories end when the Count's daughter gets married <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like oh that's that's good that's good yep, yep. Um, and like basically she's like she decides she wants an option on Mark. And he can understand that because he is a money person. And she's like, I want an option for a year to just basically be with Mark. And then we can decide what happens. And I'm like thinking to myself, so you want to be boyfriend and girlfriend? Right. Like you want Why to is behave this so like complicated? children? This is, I'm like, this shouldn't be that complicated, Berear. <sighs> this is why Cur- Cur- uh, Cordelia goes Brairns. <laughs> Always. Every time. And then uh, Ku says to her, or she says, Ku, I wouldn't have encouraged this relationship if I thought it was unsafe for either of our children. He looked back. You? I know you. You trust beyond reason. She met his eyes steadily. Yes, it's how I get results beyond hope, as you may recall. Uh... This is and this is another example of how the series can call back to past events so mm-hmm. well, but without like taking over the current story. So we know all the subtext as readers, but Corrine does not as nope. the POV. So it's still her story and like her parents are still in it, but it's really it's really hers, her now. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. So yes, they decide they're going to, you know, date Mark back on Beta Colony, like a normal right. nineteen-year-old, like a normal, like normal people. And they kiss and they have their first sleepover at Verkozigan House. Oh, she puts her earrings back in. It's all very nice, and she gets to go <laughs> back and work with the Butterbugs. <laughs> I I love how um <laughs> when uh, like. Drew or Ku is like, why is he paying her with paper? And she's like, it's an op, it's an IOU. I have stocks. And he's like, well, why didn't you just take out money to pay her? And Mark's like, and lose all that interest before the corner. <laughs> oh, Mark, oh, ever the businessman. Yeah, but it's smart. Like he's smart. So um, then we get to sort of like the plot plot part. Of, mm-hmm. of the book where as as we said miles is working with the council of counts to get the votes in and one of the things i really like that this does this book does is miles is errol's proxy in the council of counts mm-hmm. and even though errol has returned from sergiar for gregor's wedding he's still letting miles vote um as as his proxy yeah, yeah. so I think it's really nice because it shows his confidence in Miles 
Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, he knows, like, I'm not here anymore. So Miles has to do this. And if I don't trust him to do it, then I haven't done my job. Right. Um, so it's very nice to see that. So they are trying to get enough votes and they it does not seem like they're gonna get enough and if dono does not win richards is going to become count and the first thing he's gonna do is lay a charge of murder against miles against miles and which is not good no and i mean he he probably would not be convicted but it would be very difficult for everyone involved, especially Ekaterin, and Miles couldn't really defend himself, you know? Mm-hmm. There would be yep. no evidence, but he can't really defend himself, and people will start thinking he's guilty, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, like, all at a party, and um, Ivan somehow Ivan gets, you know, hooked up with Dono, and they end up going to one of the Count's residences to, like, sort of, like, they're going to another party and they're like, let's stop at this Count, I think it's Vor, Vor, Vor Foles, um, and let's see if we can get his vote. I, I, I don't I remember. I can't remember. So yep. they, they go, and while they're in the parking garage so they they talk to him and he's like i I don't know whatever um so they they they're like well we tried they go back into the parking garage and they are attacked by a group of unknown men Mm -hmm. um they stun all of the armsmen uh zabo and the other veruti armsmen who are loyal to dono um and then they they drag Dono off. I but they weren't expecting Ivan to be there, nor were they expecting Olivia to be there. Because uh, surprise, surprise, Olivia and Dono have gotten very close. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm sure that their parents are gonna have a hard time with that one too. Uh, yeah, and I think uh, Corrine is gonna thank Olivia for taking some of the pressure off yep. her. Um, yep. Because not only is, you know, they're the whole uh, Donna Dono thing that Briarans cannot handle. They just can't wrap their brain around it. Um, also, the fact that Dono is old enough to be Olivia's Her father. father. Or, yeah. And then mother, someone's perhaps. like, mother, mother more likely. <laughs> right. Yes, because the father part is very new. Yes. (laughs) So, uh, anyway, they, um, they, these people have been hired by Richards to basically undo Dono's bait and surgery. Mm hmm. Uh, and. Like forcibly. Yes. And by that, by the way, they mean cut off Dono's penis. Mm hmm. Like right there. In the street. No anesthesia. Nope, just there. Yep, in the parking garage. It's mm-hmm. fine. Um, so they managed to stun them and because they were not expecting Ivan and Olivia to be there. So Ivan gets to play the hero much to his chagrin. He hates I it. I love Ivan. He hates it so much. He's done something right. Um, so anyway, this is a big, big deal. And Ivan is like, okay, we're going to go to Count Vorpatrel 
to Vorpatril House. Um, you know, uh, Count Vorpatril is not a close relative of Ivan's, but um, and and he's also a conservative, but he believes that they will get he will be able to get support there. Um, yep. Because like this is a a horrible thing that has happened, and on Berear, as crazy as their government is, they seem they the people in charge still have to s- seem to have some sort of scruples and morals, <laughs> unlike <laughs> certain people in real life. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm just I mean, saying. you don't have to name names. I, I mean, don't. But you all know I, who we I all mean. know. <laughs> we all know. So, um, after this happens, um, uh, Ekaterin's house, and she's staying with the professor and the professora, um, they're basically invaded by Vasily and Hugo, who are there to take Nikki by force because they believe that fighting is going to break out in the capital. And Ekaterin's like, this is ridiculous. They... She starts fighting them. Nikki manages to run off, lock himself in the office, and calls someone on the comm console. And we know who he called. <laughs> but other it people took don't. It a minute, though. Really? Like, well, not, I mean, not too long. But yeah. when he goes, like, he, does he lock himself in a room? He locks himself in the office, in right. the professor's office. Yeah. Um... And I was like, what's he get? Oh. Yeah. Oh, you in trouble now. Yeah. Not Nikki. Everybody else. So Impsec shows up and they're like, yeah, we need you to come with us. And they're like, what? No. You need to come with us right now. No questions asked. Why? I don't know. Just come with me. (laughs) Yep. So he takes them to the to vor vor vorhartung <laughs> castle where the count oh i know how to say it oh say it or well at least i know how grover says it yes vorhartung vorhartung castle mm-hmm. nice okay where the council of counts meets yep and takes them like through this like back way and they're like, where are we? And they're like, I think we're right behind the dais. And, yep. and then Gregor walks in. <laughs> and uh, they're like, what the hell? Especially Vasily. <laughs> and Gregor's like, okay, I have a break right now because they're still talking. What the fuck is going on? That's my one F word of the show. What the fuck is going on? Of course, he doesn't say that because he is... The emperor. The emperor. Uh, but he implies it. <laughs> um, and so Vasily and Hugo try to explain what they've been told and what they think is going to happen. And Gregor basically very nice and tells them, you are fools. Mm-hmm. Who told you this? Alexei Vorman Kreef. More of a fool. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and basically it's like uh, Nikki, Nikki will be fine here he's under MSEC protection he lives with an imperial auditor stop bothering me also you may go watch the proceedings from the audience and Ekaterin is just in awe 
Nikki is in awe and she's like, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, so they go into the audience to watch the proceedings. Uh, Miles is in, in the Council of Counts very concerned because a lot of people haven't shown up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and including, you know, Ivan and Dono and what the hell, what is happening? And then... Because he doesn't know about any of the... No. Um, Ivan did not tell anyone because he mm-mm. wanted to make an entrance for once in his life, and he does. And he comes in, and Miles starts to say, Ivan, you idiot, and he just like, don't! Don't, don't say it. Don't say it. You will be thanking me. Mm-hmm. So he comes in, and Dono is there, and he comes over and he's like, get out of my seat, Richards. And so, like, they both sit down at the table. <laughs> and then all of the conservative counts start coming in. And they've come in with Dono. And Vorholus is, like, the leader of the conservative party. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you who f- don't remember who Vorholus is... Um, his son was the one responsible for um, attacking Errol and Cordelia with the soul toxin. Um, and that was in response to Errol, uh, Errol condemning his brother to death for dueling. So I think it was Carl, I can't remember if it was Carl or Evan. Verhollis, but one of them was executed for dueling, and then the other one fired the soul toxin grenade as payback. Right. And Count Verhollis was their father, and he basically had all the reasons to despise Errol, but he is like one of like the most moral people in the Council of Counts, and everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Um and like so he continued to work with Errol even because even through all of this happening um he was one of the people who could have gotten Miles executed for treason in Warrior's Apprentice but didn't uh so basically moral of the story is he is a very upstanding moral person right so when he comes he, in he has a strict moral compass yes Yes, that is a very good way of putting it. So when he comes in the room and Richard is like, it's very good to see you, Count, for Hollis doesn't even look at him. (laughs) Nope. Uh, And basically, Dono has told everyone, or Dono, um, Renee gets called up first. He cedes the floor to Dono because they've realized that it's it's strategy. So if Dono gets approved or voted in, that he can vote for Renee or, you know, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So Dono calls up and basically accuses Richards of hiring the people to attack him. And he's like this is insane, blah, blah, blah. How do you have proof? And then Byerly Verrutier comes out of Gregor's little room. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had staggered in earlier looking like hell. Um, and he has turned Imperial Witness and basically said that Richards 
he's been working with Richards and Richards wanted to hire the people to do this. To do, yeah. Um, Because Byerly is very shady and is playing all sides. I don't know if he's shady so much as, like, works for Inkspec. Well, at this time, we don't know that. All oh, I thought we did. No, we do not find out until the very end of this book. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So, um, so they have the vote. Um, Dono gets voted in, and then Renee gets voted in. Um, oh, no. I can't just skip past it with, <laughs> because there's a very important thing that happens. Yep. Richards, um talks about Miles killing or hiring Miles being a martyr, basically. And uh, he 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 sort of addresses a Katarin, but not but anyway, a Katarin responds back to him anyway. And mm-hmm. they're like, uh, you, you can't uh, you know, shouts from the the dais are not uh, not uh, approved. No, you can't. But um, so uh, Cordelia and Errol have come into the Council of Counts and are sitting directly in front of where Ekaterin and all of the people. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm trying to find it, man. I can't find it. This is such great podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't even have a physical copy, so I it would not work for me to go look for it no. in the audio. It's fine. I'll, I'll find it. I mean, it can't... Okay, I found it. Uh, so... Okay. So, yeah. So, um, it's like... Uh, Okay, so uh, Richards is, Richards was growing yet more off balance. Miles could see it in his reddening face and heavy breathing. To Miles' shock, he gestured up at a Katarin. Uh It's a bold villain who can stand unashamed while his victim's own wife looks down at him. Though I suppose she could hardly look up at him. Eh? Uh, yeah. And then Miles, of course, is pissed. Like, how dare he turn on a Katarin in this public venue. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a Katarin's face was utterly still, but white around the lips. Some prudent back part of Miles's brain couldn't help making a note of what she looked like when she was really angry for future reference. Mm. You are mistaken, Lord Richards, she snapped down at him. Not your first mistake, apparently. Am I? Richard shot back. Why else, then, did you flee in horror from his public proposal, if not your belated realization of his hand in your late husband's death? That's no business of yours. One wonders what pressures he has brought to bear since to gain your compliance. His smarmy sneer invited the listeners to imagine the worst. Only if one is a damned fool. Uh, proof is where you find it, madam. That's your idea of proof, Ekaterin snarled? Fine. Your legal theory is easily demolished. The Lord <laughs> the Lord Guardian banged his spear. Interjections from the gallery are not permitted, he began, staring up at her. 
Behind Ekaterin, the Viceroy of Sergiar stared down at the Lord Guardian, tapped his index finger suggestively against the side of his nose, and made a small two-fingered sweeping gesture, taking in Richards below. No, let him hang himself. (laughs) (laughs) And then he's like, but direct questions from the Seeker Circle may be answered. (sighs) And then here we go. Richard's questions had been more rhetorical for effect than direct, Miles judged. Assuming Ekaterin would be safely silenced by her position in the gallery, he hadn't expected to have to deal with direct answers. The look on Richard's face made Miles think of a man tormenting a leopardess, suddenly discovering that the creature had no leash. Which hmm. way would she pounce? Miles held his breath. Ekaterin leaned forward, gripping the railing with her knuckles going pale. Let's finish this. Lord Verkozigan. Miles jerked forward, jerked in his seat, taken by surprise. Madam? He made a little half-bow gesture. Yours to command. Good. Will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> So when I read this book, I knew that they were going to get together. I know mm-hmm. that she, I knew that she became Lady Rakosigan. But I squealed so hard <laughs> at that part <laughs> because I was not expecting that. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. And I love the callback to yours to command. It's so cute. Yeah, it's really sweet. It's a really good scene. It is I giggled to myself. It is one of my favorite proposals mm-hmm. um, from fiction. I, I will say it's way better than Luke and Mara's. Oh, I like that one. <laughs> almost- I like it, but it's sort of like, you want to? Yeah, okay. Oh, <laughs> but they're so, they're gonna it's- die, and it's all, their other feelings are bared. <sighs> Yeah, but it is very, um, (laughs) it is not nearly as dramatic as I don't uh, know, I think almost dying is dramatic. (laughs) Yeah, but the proposal doesn't happen then. Yeah, it does. When they're dying? (laughs) No, I mean, when, when, like, the water's rising and they're, like... They're up on the balcony and like the water's rising and then, yeah yeah this isn't a this isn't a Luke and Mar. I always <laughs> no sorry no no because she says you mean if oh we get God. she says you mean if we get out of this alive and he says I mean regardless which is ugh ugh that line. Line is great. I just always read it as sort of uh, much more. Anticlimactic. No, oh. not subdued, I guess is the word. Oh. Well, they are very subdued people. They are subdued. That's true. Way more subdued than Miles. <laughs> uh, that is truth. <laughs> Miles is all fireball. Yes. Oh my god. Could you imagine Miles and Mara having to work together? Holy. Nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> She would kill him. Nope. She would kill him oh, in five ah. minutes. She would. <laughs> um, and then he'd try to talk circles around her. Yeah. And that would be his end. 
Uh, I love when Miles' answer, he says, why, yes, madam, certainly, (laughs) now? (laughs) And then he's like, 200 witnesses, she can't back out now. And then she says, so much for that line of reasoning, Lord Richards, twit. <laughs> Emperor Gregor looked decidedly amused. Nikki, beside a Katarin, was jittering with enthusias- enthusiasm, muttering, mumbling something that sounded that looked like "Go, go, mama." <laughs> the gallery had broken into half-choked titters. Ivan just rubbed his mouth with the back of his hand, through his eye, though his eyes were narrowed with laughter. He glanced again behind a Katarin, where the vice rain looked as though she was choking, and the vice returned a bark of laughter into a discreet cough. <laughs> and then the best part is that she has no idea. That they're bidding behind her, and then, like, mm-hmm. during a lull in the proceedings, they lean forward to introduce themselves, and she's like, oh, oh shit. Nikes. Like, the first time I met them, I, like, almost ran them over, and the second time I met them, I proposed to their son. In front of the entire council of count. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miles is very, um... He's just kind of, oh, this is, life is so great, and is doodling uh, repeated iterations of Lady Ekaterin Nile Verkosikin <laughs> entire intertwined with Lord Miles Naismith Verkosikin. <laughs> I'm really. Oh, he's like a teenage girl. He is like a teenage girl. <laughs> uh, so the votes happen. Both Dono and Renee win. It's very wonderful. Uh, they all justice prevails justice prevails the people in the gallery come down to the floor uh ivan uh uh they they hold hands and they're grinning at each other and then ivan says you want to like up (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love it so much and then he kisses her and she says, mine to me. Yes. And I'm like, oh my god. I love you. And then Nikki yep. Nikki goes, you are going to make my mama happy, aren't you? <laughs> uh, it's so good. So he invites everyone to go to back to Verkozigan House for lunch. Which is a great idea. Except... Um, there is some sort of issue going back on at Verkhozgan House because the es- Escobaran bounty hunters basically have come to get Enrique for skipping bail. <laughs> because <laughs> oh, Mark, Enrique. Mark, as a, a Jacksonian, does not understand that you can't just pay someone to get out of their trial, like, in a normal society, right. like, Bail means you come back for trial, not just it's over now. So, like, they have been trying to get Enrique and they've had to go through all of the bureaucracy and they have all the forms. But uh, Martia and Olivia wouldn't let them take Enrique because then all their business would be lost. Mark finally comes home. There's this big fight that goes on with Butter, the Butter bug butter 
It's disgusting. People are throwing tubs of bug butter. It's disgusting. It's everywhere. Roik comes. Roik is the only person there right now, and he's asleep. Um, and he get he come runs downstairs with like in his underwear with his holster on backwards on on over his underwear. Yes, which is just a great visual. It is. So, uh, all. Miles, Ekaterin, all of the party comes in to this scene. And Miles is like... As this is happening. And Miles is like, I was going to have a nice party. What are you guys doing again? And they're like, they want to take away Enrique. And Miles is like, okay, that's great. Um, But he... Great, send him off. But they, <laughs> he ends up being nice for once. And making up some sort of rule that because they're in Verkozgan House, it's part of the Verkozgan District, and they didn't get approval from the head of the Verkozgan District, so they cannot take Enrique. Right. Um, it might be true, it might not be. <laughs> we don't know. Um, we don't know. Justice on Barrier is not always equally handed out. Um, nope. It's, you know... Enrique, if he is a fugitive from Escobar and Law, he probably should go back. But as we all know, things don't always happen on Barrier the way they're supposed to, and we can mm -hmm. we can we can debate the um, ethics of what Miles does here. But it's not that kind of book. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, everything's great. Uh, poor Ro Roik got caught up in all that and miles admonished him for being out of uniform <laughs> uh which leads into one of our next stories we'll be reading next week yep um so then we're basically left with the epilogue which is the wedding um it's a lovely wedding very imperial there's horses and groats um <laughs> they've basically turned it into a sort of fair where all of the districts bring their products and miles brings the like the maple mead with the bug butter and it's like a huge hit huge hit yeah and like even count verkozigan wants to like get the butter bugs for the district because they think they might be able to eat the radioactive material which would be great also related to the next readings that we're gonna be covering uh so it's just a nice wedding all along everyone's really happy that gregor is married especially miles especially miles and errol and ivan <laughs> because now they're all out of the he can have a baby mm -hmm. and they can be all out of the um the line of secession exactly so here's a question okay i don't think Gregor probably I they probably waited a little bit to have their babies. Um probably not that long. But while there was that period while they were waiting to start them. Mm -hmm. Do you think like they just had Gregor like donate his sperm just to keep just in case anything happened to him before the baby could be started? Because 
That would be really awkward. <laughs> I don't he know. He finally got married, and then there was an accident or something. Oh, I see. So he yeah. couldn't have kids. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. I'm wondering if they were just like, listen, we got to cover the contingencies plans. Give us a sample now. We'll keep it just in case. And then when you're ready, we'll start. <laughs> right. <laughs> Although, I mean, probably they really could have just like started the baby the day after the wedding and been like, yeah, we got people to take care of this for us. <laughs> yeah. Also, <I'm> <laughs> you get, it takes like almost 10 months. So, you know, they don't have. It, that's the great thing about the uterine replicator. They don't have to do anything. Yeah, you just sort of put it together and then you arrive for it's like uncorking. Yeah, you go on your honeymoon. Also related yes. to next month's reading. <laughs> <laughs> See what I'm doing? We'll find out all about it. Yeah. So um, I know you wanted to talk about Lisa's wedding dress. <laughs> it's not a dress. It's pants. <laughs> And a and jacket with, like, glitter. Like, sequins. Like, I am all for <laughs> most of the rest of the clothing that's gone on in this. I'm like, ooh, that's so fascinating. I can see it. Mm -hmm. Like, Ekaterin wears one of her morning outfits. is sort of like this weird combination of Russia and Germany pre-Hitler. like yeah. <laughs> um, It's got, like, a calf-length A-line skirt and this little bolero with, like um, – not macrame, but trim <laughs> on it. it. Does not have macrame on it. Um, and I'm like, oh, I like it. That's cute. And then they describe their the uniforms. And I'm like, yeah, I, I'm into it. Yeah. And then her wedding dress just sounds awful. I'm sorry, Lois. I love you, and I love these books, but I I'm shaped sort of like what I imagine. Um, Lisa is shaped like. Yes. And. You would just look like you were wearing a potato sack. <laughs> yeah, I and don't. And then I believe there's some headdress that she's got going on. I don't know if it's like a Komarin, Komarin and Berean fashions meshed together in some sort of symbolism. Probably, probably because that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um. And I, look, I'm all for wearing pants to your wedding. You, <laughs> like, jumpsuits, I love it. Pantsuits, fabulous. But pick um, one. Right. <laughs> it can't be both. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, um, yeah. Yeah, I was just, it took me, I was so, as I was reading the description it or listening to it, it took me out of the story because I was like, what? Yeah. Yeah. What is she wearing? Um, and that's my literally my whole complaint about the book. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I feel like that's fairly small other complaint, than, really. Other than that, it's a lovely wedding. I really love the Berean and custom of people marrying themselves. Me too. And it is such good world building. It's it's a little detail that wouldn't come up in most space operas. And to be fair, it doesn't come up until later in the series. Yeah, but, but it comes up three whole times at least. Yeah, but it's the reasoning for it is because Barrerans had to marry each 
be able to marry each other quickly during the time of isolation and especially during the Sedagandan occupation. So mm-hmm. like so because Berear was off by itself, you know, during the time of isolation and they wanted to build up the population and they couldn't like wait around for like bureaucracy and for people to like to fill out forms and all this. It was just right. like and because they're a fairly atheist society. Yeah. They're not waiting around for priests or anything like that. Yeah. Um it's very much like the um the Scots tradition of hand fasting. Mm. You you could marry each other without a priest for a year and a day as long as you had witnesses. Yeah. Um and then once that year and a day was up, if you wanted to get legally married, you'd go see a priest or you'd go your separate ways. But because the priests were so few and far between up in the highlands, mm-hmm. I mean, do you want to wait maybe two years before the priest comes back? Yeah. Probably not. No. Um, so it, it, I mean, it has a, it has an earthly precedent um, although they did not use a groat circle. <laughs> no. Which I'm considering doing. Oh, okay. Not really. I mean, but <laughs> you and I and maybe two other people would no, understand we, we and would everyone else it. would be like, why are they standing in the middle of a circle of oatmeal? oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's very nice. Um, Kareen is happy, Mark is happy, Miles is happy, Ekaterin is happy, Gregor is happy, Lace is happy, Ivan is sort of happy because, like, he did something good, but he's also unhappy because he did something good, and Gregor's mm-hmm. response to you doing something good is giving you more things to do. And, and Ivan's he, like, no! Yeah. So this is when... We Ivan real fi- Ivan sees Byerly and he's like, "Why the hell is Byerly here?" So he goes off to talk to Byerly and is like, "All right, who's your drop?" Because mm-hmm. Ma- Ivan is smarter than he lets on and realizes that Byerly is working for Insect. Has got to be for Insect. And yep. so he gets him to admit it. And he's like, "What level are you? <laughs> What's your pay grade? <laughs> what do you actually do?" Like, and he's basically, like, he's he's the town clown. He goes and finds all the information that the other people in town can't find out because they're in different circles. And mm-hmm. Ivan is trying to find out who he, who is his superior, basically. Who does he give right. this information to? Because it can't be anyone in IMSEC because if they found out that he was, like... A double agent, he'd be dead. Like, like as much as an ass as Byerly is, what he's doing is actually really dangerous. It's very much, yep. it's very much like Snape <laughs> working for <laughs> working for Voldemort and Dumbledore yep. at the same time. Uh, lower stakes to be sure, but yeah, people would not be happy, and Byerly would probably come to an accident. Um, Mm -hmm. so, but he won't tell Ivan. He's very smug about it. And then Alice for Patrol walks by with Simon and she happens to look over and meet Barley's gaze and give him a nod. 
and Ivan chokes on his wine. Uh, so, yes, Spirely Verutier is working for Insect and is passing information along to Ivan's mother, who is mother. apparently also on Insect's payroll for probably a really long time, and yep. Miles never knew about it. <laughs> because why would he? Yep. Or not Miles, Ivan, but, you know, Miles Ivan. also didn't know about it, because why would, <laughs> why would they? So, yeah. Um, that's our story. Everyone's happy. Uh, Mile- and we're sticking to it. Yeah, Miles and Akadon are like, when are we going to get married? They think they're going to wait until spring, but as we will find out, that doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, Gregor is now married. Miles is now engaged. Yay! Miles is now engaged. Korean and Mark are free to bone all they want and not get all married. <laughs> uh, and Ivan is outed as not an idiot. Right. The and now end. he's going to have to actually do things. But not for two more books. Uh, right. <laughs> yes, we have to get through diplomatic immunity before <laughs> Ivan gets to do things again. Yes. So, yes, that is the book. A Civil Campaign. Uh, in two in, parts. In my opinion, <laughs> the best book of the Verkuzigan Saga. It really is. It is the best book. Yeah. Um, There are a lot of other very good books. And honestly, I may, in terms of romantic fiction, the uh, Captain Vorpatrol's Alliance is right up there for me. Um, Mm -hmm. I know you had some trouble with it, but in terms of overall structure and plot and you know, how it makes me feel, <clears throat> excuse me, how it makes me feel. Um, it's choking me up. Um, this one it's okay, is, Robin. is, I know we're going to get through it. This one is by far my favorite. Yeah. It's got everything you could possibly want from. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thinking of, uh, Stefan from Saturday Night Live. Yes. <laughs> got everything <laughs> <laughs> it does it's true. it does um you know it's funny it's touching it's um there's actual plot like really good plot it all fits yeah. together beautifully it's just a really well crafted book i really love how the the story ramps up because so much of the early part of the book is like character development Mm -hmm. um and while and then the second half really ramps up with the plot which Mm -hmm. i think is really uh, really a good way to structure a book that's so late in the series because you already know the characters so like spending time with them it's not going to be like, oh, this this is boring. Nothing's happening. It's like, no, because you know the characters right. and you like you them. you know them already and you care about what's happening to them. Right. Yeah. So when you uh, – and then when you get into the plot, which could be boring, you know, like, oh, who cares about these two random people in the Council of Counts? But mm-hmm. because we've become acquainted with them and – 
the main characters have become ensnared in their plots. We mm-hmm. care. And then it gets tied up with the, the whole issue of, you know, Miles, you know, possibly killing Tien and his relationship with the Catter. And it just all comes together so nicely. Yeah, and it just nicely. comes together beautifully. Yes. So well done. It's just very, like, it's very happy. Like, mm-hmm. I... I, yeah, it just makes me happy. Like, it's a very satisfying comfort book. Yep. It's the one I listen to when I need to fall asleep. <laughs> like, Not because it's boring. Right. And this is the book. Because it is. Go ahead. No, I was. No, go You go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's such an easy, like, everything about it delights me. So it's not stressful. No. It's, um, I mean, don't get me wrong on my first read through, of course, it's there stressful. Was some, right. Yeah. But it's also, um, it's also the type of book where you know everything is going to be okay. Where in right. other of our Kozigan books, you're not so you're sure. You're not quite sure. You're like, you yeah. know, you don't know. Is Miles going to come back to life at the end of Mirror Dance? Is, yeah, we, we don't really know. No, but this is, this is a romantic comedy. You know, Mm -hmm. it's going to be fine. Also, it literally, like, it's about the emperor's wedding and it can't end in tragedy. (laughs) No. No. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could. It could, but but it's not not that kind of of series this is. No. 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 Yeah. We've had our Um. tragedy early on. (laughs) Thank God. Thank goodness. Yes. Like, could you imagine reading Berear and then reading this book? Like, those are my two favorite books in the series, but mm-hmm. whoa, that's tonal whiplash. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, A Civil Campaign is a wonderful book and you should read it. If you haven't read it and you're listening to this, I very sorry you. Yeah. Go go what are you waiting for? Yeah, like, go read the book. Yeah. Sadly, this is not a book where you can, like, just tell someone to, hey, start with this book. No. Uh, I, no, you, there's way you too could, much world building. You could probably start with Komar. Um, yeah. But even then, like, so much of this book relies on other, like, you, would, you wouldn't know Mark or Kareen if you didn't read, if you just read Komar, you know? So, right, and that's Ivan. a fascinating story. Yes, Mark and Kareen is a fascinating story, anyway. So, yeah, unfortunately, this is not a point you can just jump in. <laughs> no. Did you ever think that when you first read Mirror Dance, that you would be so invested in Mark Verkozigan's romantic affairs? No, because <laughs> I distinctly remember sending you a text being like, "I hate him," and I smiled at it smugly and i was like yep that's the correct re- reaction uh-huh. keep reading <laughs> yep yep and you were right yeah and, you know it and that's that's a whole i mean we talked about it when we talked about that book but it's a fascinating transition from yeah. just detesting him to being really invested in it's what's how, going on with Mark Borkos again. It's how you do a redemption arc. Mm-hmm. And like... Mm, yes, I, I have many thoughts on redemption arcs. Yeah, it makes me really glad that this book 
mentions all of Mark's traumas and mm-hmm. like that it doesn't ignore them. He's getting therapy for it. He's like not that's the way he's not mm-hmm. fixed, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the way we should talk about trauma. Yeah. In in literature because as we do more of that it normalizes it more. Right. Not that I want more people to be traumatized. Yeah. Obviously. And but- like and like, you know, Korean's parents you know, there's times when I want to smack Ku upside the head. Of course. But, like, they're also, especially him, is doing this out of, like, love and protection for his daughter. And, yep. like, he doesn't understand what Mark has gone through and thinks he's scary or dangerous. And, like, you know, Cordelia has to explain, he's as much of a victim as our wars as we are. Like, mm-hmm. imagine, you know what you went through. Like, he suffered nerve damage and had to basically learn how to live again. Uh, almost killed himself at one point yeah. because of it. Um, and, you know, Mark Mark would never hurt Kareen. No, like, Mark of course w- not. Mark might hurt other people, but he would never hurt Kareen. And right. I think that's what they don't understand because they can't understand like someone being dangerous but but only in certain situations and with certain people right you know like (laughs) mark has killed people with his bare hands so (laughs) so i mean it's fair to be frightened of him um but i feel like you know, Kareen has spent the most time with him, and I feel like she is a smart enough person that she would recognize if something wasn't safe, and Cordelia would as well, as she says. Yeah. And, you know, and Cordelia's mother is there on Beta, and I'm sure she reports she can look in. after them. Yeah. yeah. So, like, it's, you know, it's a good... It's a good way to show a relationship like where your parents are involved and they care, but you also can make your own decisions. And it's not like and, you know, Corrine is like Corrine doesn't want to just rebel against her parents like she right. truly cares about Mark, but she also loves her family. And it's right. really hard for her. And that's a tough decision. To, I mean, it. I hope that no one ever has to make the decision between their family. Right. And, you know, the person they love. Because that's rough. Yeah. Yeah. It is. <sighs> Anything else that we want to discuss about a civil campaign? Um, I think we've pretty much covered the <laughs> whole book. Yeah. It's a great book. It has great it scenes. Great and I would love... <laughs> absolutely love to see it adapted to the screen (laughs) yes um, if anyone is listening you should adapt it for the screen Uh, we definitely think television over film yeah um it would just be better suited to that medium 100 percent. yep yep so yeah but i think that other than that other than that call to arms essentially yeah um I don't think there's anything else particularly about it. No. Okay. Excellent. So thank you all for joining us for episode 11 of the Rokuza cast. And please join us next time for Miles's almost disastrous wedding. 
But not quite. His very disastrous honeymoon. Yeah. And the return of the Butterbugs. Whee! Bye! Bye! The Varcosa Cast is a Tashi Station podcast brought to you by you, our Patreon subscribers. Visit patreon.com slash Tashi Station for more details. And we thank you all for supporting the show. Follow us on Twitter with the handles at NancyPants, at R underscore A underscore Smith, and at Tashi underscore Station. Subscribe to the show on iTunes via the Tashi Station Master Feed or the Tashi Station Book Club Feed. And don't forget to leave us a review. Forward momentum!